Another day, another dawn, another part of Panic at the Disco to... Excuse me. Another, another part to review. This is fourth album, part two. Let's go. Anyway, let's move on to Casual Affair. Uh, the electronics sound very sinister. Um, which is nice. We get a... The intro is actually a recording of a radio ad. Uh, that was like a... It was like some kind of anti-gay ad. And it's got like that radio effect. It sounds very dark. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, we get some nice strings in the intro, I think. This is... Is this the first song that has strings in them? It might be. Most of the other songs here have been, like, just electronics. Uh, we get some more nice vocal effects during the singing. Makes the whole thing sound very sinister. Makes the singing sound sinister. And, uh, those strings sound sick. Like, it sounds great. And you know what else is sick? The chorus is sick. Like, it doesn't really explode so much, but it gets much more intense without relying on more intense vocals, which I reckon is really, really cool. It kind of explodes without even really trying to. It's sick. Uh, we get some more layers in the second verse. Is it is he harmonizing with himself again? Or just in general? Uh, yeah, the chorus definitely, do definitely explodes, but much more subtly than other explosions. It still keeps that underlying sinisterness to it. It's... Oh, it's so cool. Uh, the bridge is, like, it's just, like, whispering, I did it, over and over again. It's like, I did it, 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 I did it again. I did it, 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 I did it again. It's nice. It's nice. Ah, it's so nice. And that chorus. Also, are they saying hush underneath the chorus? Like... I, feel, I think they've got, like, backing vocals that are just whispering hush underneath it. Jeez, this sounds very seedy. Oh my gosh. And then you get a really cool guitar solo at the end. Um, a guitar solo that in live versions of the song, Brendan basically matches the note to. And it's really cool because everyone myself included, listens to the song, and then it's like, ah, yeah, guitar, very high guitar note, and then you hear Brendan hitting the exact same note, and then goes even higher, and it's like, shit, boy, you're going high as a cat. That's nice. And then we get a really nice piano outro to end it all off. One of the few songs that actually has an outro to it. So, Casual Affair details the secrecy and thrill of having a one-night stand, a casual affair, if you will. The song buzzes with high-energy synths along with plenty of low-end rhythm. That must explain the very full sound to it. So what do I give this song? A song that is just about casual sex, and I hate when songs are just about that, I give this song a 9.5 out of 10.
The song just sounds awesome. It has some very nice layers with a nice subtle explosion in the chorus. It all creates a really nice sinister sound overall, which I love. Oh my gosh. Casual Affair is a sick song. So next up, we have Far Too Young to Die. Uh, it's a slower sound to the previous songs. Is this going to be a slower song? No, maybe not. The beat does pick up more as it goes along. Uh, the electro beats establish the chord progression. The vocals are nice. The effect still sounds nice here. The song sounds almost sad throughout. Despite the fact that there's a decent intensity increase in the chorus, it still sounds sad. The choruses don't change at all throughout. It just it all just stays the same, just with different lyrics. So there's that. Uh, the electro pops make for a nice outro before the song ends as well. Um, the song's about a magnetic romantic connection and youthful urgency. Far too young to die is always a fatal philosophy to adopt, let me just say. Nobody's invincible, no matter how, how old they are. Nobody's invincible. This narrator is desperate to pursue the romance before they're old enough to heed the consequences. And you might have thought that I just flew through that song quite a bit. That's uh, because I don't really have that much to say about it. I give Far Too Young To Die a 5.5 out of 10. The song is very monotone throughout, but the overall sadness to the song definitely makes it unique with its overall feel. It sounds almost bittersweet instrumentally. Not like the song bittersweet, but like, it just has that feeling to it. So next up, we have Colorful. The intro sounded like a 2000s rock band. But then, the electronics reminded me of the game Drawn to Life, if you've ever heard that game. Ah, oh, far out, that game was my childhood. I loved that game Drawn to Life. Oh, so good. Dang, good times. I was only able to beat it using cheat codes, but still, I loved that game. So anyway, the vocals have a nice variation between light and breathy and dark and full. The slight drop in music before the chorus comes in is very nice. The chorus is also really nice to listen to. The core response in the vocals work well, and it's like, it's like, your love, your love, your love, your love. You know, that kind of thing. The instrumentals sound like a Christmas melody as well. Almost. The vocals variation in the verses sound great. Uh, this really sounds like a Christmas song at first. Like, if you told me this was a Christmas song, I might actually believe you, if it weren't for the fact that most Christmas songs reference Christmas directly. This one obviously doesn't. Um, then we get to the bridge. There is no music. Uh, it's based, well, It's just piano. Before all the other instruments gradually come back in, makes for a really nice effect to vary things up. This is quite the different song to Far Too Young to Die. This song sounds very happy and upbeat. Colourful actually seems to be a continuation of the story told in Far Too Young to Die. It's all about going after this girl the sinner's been chasing, making memories, and how the sinner wants her to be the death of him. It's really cute. It's really sweet. 
And it kind of... This is why I'd said that this album is kind of, like, loosely a concept album. Because it does seem to have, like, almost a continuation of a story. Uh, Brendan also mentions the song being kind of in the same vein lyrically. Uh, and... Well, in the same vein lyrically and uh, as casual affair. Thematically. Thematically. So it's in the same vein lyrically and thematically as casual affair. Sorry about that. I was trying to decipher my notes and it just said the attically. Anyway. So yeah. It's very similar. You're caught in that moment of like, oh shit, just being infatuated with uh, that world's living out a fantasy in your mind of this girl that you're chasing after. It's following the whimsy of chasing a loved one, which explains the whimsiness of it all. So overall, I give Colourful a 7.5 out of 10. The song's extremely upbeat and very nostalgic for me for some reason, because I didn't actually listen to this song before I heard about the album in general. It also has very nice lyrics that sync with the rhythm well. It's a very nice sound. So, then we get to the end of all things, which is the end of this album, not counting bonus tracks. See what I mean? This is a very short one. So, this song is piano only. It is only piano. And piano always sounds good. It's a top tier instrument. We then get strings to make this sound very beautiful. Strings are also a very high tier instrument, just so you know. Possibly even top tier. Uh, the vocals, however, are really weird. Like, is that auto-tune? Because it sounds awful. I do, however, know the reason behind this, and I'll get into that later. Now, the instrumental sounds beautiful, but the vocals kind of ruin the song. Like, for once in a Panic album, the vocals kind of ruin the song. Which I don't think I've ever said before. Also, the lyrics are very nice, so it's really just those vocal effects. And then we get a very nice final note to end it off. So this song feels very short, despite the fact that it's the longest song in the album. It only has two verses and two choruses that don't have a lot of lyrics to them. The song is so slow, though, that it stretches the whole thing out longer than you would expect it to be. So, this song is basically about his infatu- This song is basically about Brendan's infatuation towards his wife, Sarah. Yeah, you remember Sarah Smiles from Vices and Virtues? Yeah, it's the same Sarah. These lyrics were apparently his wedding vows, which is really sweet. And now, for a little music theory. So, the end of all things is played in F minor, the key of deep depression, a funeral lament, groans of misery, and longing for the grave, which, by the way, is a very unusual choice for a love, a love song. I like ye. Um, the auto-tune, I don't actually know if it's auto-tune or not, but I'll just call it auto-tune for now. Uh, for those of you who don't know how chords work, they're basically a combination of notes, usually three, that are played together to make a nice sound. Now, the auto-tune here 
is being used to allow Brendan to sing all of those notes together at once. This is a really nice idea in concept, but the auto-tune sounds so bad that it kind of ruins the intent. Which is why I think this song has always been better live, because not only does Brendan add other vocals in the song towards the end that make it sound better, even better, but there's no prob- like, the auto-tune obviously isn't a problem because it doesn't exist live. He doesn't use auto-tune in that. Uh, also, Brendan chose the end of all things as the final track because he wanted to end the album on a somber note as opposed to concluding in a bombastic manner. How does that compare to previous albums, actually? I think, from memory, Build God Then Will Talk was like a pretty intense song. Mad as Rabbits, I think, was very energetic and upbeat. And if we are talking about, like, the, fi the original final song to Vices and Virtues, um... Was it? I think it was nearly witches. I feel like it was. I think it was, uh. Nearly witches. Nearly witches. Uh. I think it gets more energetic later on. So yeah, this is actually quite unique among Panic albums because it's very somber. As an ending song, I reckon this is an excellent ending song. It really sets the intended tone of ending on a somber note when it began so high energy with This Is Gospel. Overall, I give The End Of All Things a 7.5 out of 10. Which I'm kind of sad to say because if it weren't for the auto-tune, I'd put it at an 8.5, or possibly even higher, because it's a very beautiful song that's made very interesting by the fact that it sounds so depressing in su and is such a heartfelt love song. That auto-tune, though, is so bad that I really can't put the studio recording any higher. If I was talking about the live version, then it would be much better. Much higher. So that was the 10 original songs for Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die. But as I said before, there were two bonus tracks, which I'll get into now. The first one was Can't Fight Against the Youth. It has a very psychedelic intro, sounds kind of weird. The beat leads into the vocals, uh, which also sound weird at first, but then the beat gets stronger as it goes along. Uh, the chorus is okay. The beat is very strong, but it still doesn't get that much more intense. Also, I think the mixing is off. Like, a little. Like, the instrumental overpowers the vocals too much. It's really hard to hear the vocals over the instrumental. Which kind of sucks. Uh, this kind of sounds like the kind of song that you might hear in a high school graduation. Or a protest rally. Eh. Potato, potato, really. Uh, the bridge kind of just comes and goes before leading back into the final chorus. 
The beat is very strong, don't get me wrong, but I think this song actually showed me that it's not enough to make for a... That, like, a strong beat isn't enough to make for a particularly intense, explosive chorus. You need something else for that effect. So, obviously, this song is about youthful rebellion and the feeling of freedom that comes as a result. This song was apparently inspired by Brendan's rebellion as a teenager. Because, let's be real here, who wasn't kind of a rebel when they were a teenager? And who isn't still, hmm. Some people, I guess, kind of grow up to become rebels. Anyway, so other than the Japanese and Target versions, this song is also apparently available in the UK through the Nicotine EP. Yeah, apparently it was included in the... Uh, I, I mean, I can't really call it, call it a single, I guess. Um... It was record. It was also in the Nicotine EP, along with the next song that I'm gonna get into. But before I do that, I'm gonna give "Can't Fight Against the Youth" a five point, a five out of ten, a five out of ten. The beat is very strong, and I like that. But that's kind of the only really standout part of the song. The rest is pretty meh. And finally, we have all the boys. Hey, that's what I've managed to bring to my yard before. I make some killer milkshakes. So, the beat is interesting. We also have some breathy falsetto in the intro. We get some nice rhythm in the vocals. The chorus actually explodes pretty suddenly. Like, I wasn't expecting it at all. It's a very pleasant surprise. That melody post-chorus is also really nice. Okay, you know what? This is actually a really surprising bop. It's pretty sick. Also, we get some cool haze in the background. Like, people going like, hey, 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 hey. I, I don't remember how they actually go. Uh, the bridge is just played with piano, and then leads into a full force final chorus. Those final lyrics... Uh, Brent, for those final lyrics of the song... Brendan starts going up in the notes, which makes for a very nice variation. And then we get some final strong drum beats to end the song. So, this is about a girl who sleeps with several people who are not aware of her promiscuity. A very similar type of vi very similar thing as Miss Jackson. This song was actually written by then by the then bassist uh, Dallin Weeks who has since left the band. I think this is actually the only song that he wrote uh, for Panic. Uh, as an ending song, I would say The End of All Things is better because of how it ends the whole album on a different note and vibe to the opening song, while All the Boys uh, is very similar to the high-energy songs in the beginning. However, as an individual song, All the Boys really impressed me. I didn't expect it to like it as much as I do, which is why I give this song an 8 out of 10. This song really impressed me. Explosive, high energy, and varied things up enough. It has a strong instrumental, vocals that switched up the feeling as it went along. Very strong song overall. And so, that concludes 
Panic at the Disco's fourth album, Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die. So this album goes through a little character arc of its own throughout. It goes through high energy, turmoil and tribulations that ultimately lead to a more optimistic, wholesome vibe with the end of all things. It's kind of funny, this album goes from difficult times to a happy ending, which I found is actually quite rare for concept albums. Usually they have, like, dark, depressing endings. The bonus tracks are less numerous as Vices and Virtues, uh, with only two. One is very meh, but the other is very good, so it's kind of a mixed bag. It seems quite appropriate that an album about growing up in the city of huge lights goes from very electronic with a lot of elements in them to end with a love song that only really has piano and some strings in it. Overall, Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die, or um, as the acronym would say, Twittle Turdard. Wait, hold on, let me try that again. Twittle Turdard. I'm just going to say that's a Welsh word. Uh, yeah, Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die is a really good album that has many bops that you can headbane to, but also many others that'll make you think about life as well. And so, adding up all of the songs and dividing them by the number of songs that they were to get an... We get... I give Too Weird to Live, Too Rare to Die an overall average score of 7.2 out of 10. Ironically enough, the same score that I gave Vices and Virtues. So yeah, that concludes the fourth Panic at the Disco album. And after this one, there is only two left. Only two left. Death of a Bachelor and Pray for the Wicked. So, until next time, uh, I'll do some, I'll do a different, I'll do something different next week. Uh, but, until next week, uh, have a good one.